Wait, wait, wait. You've never seen Paid in Full. A low down dirty shame. Acrimony. It's yes. Christmas. No, I don't think I have. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Does It Hold Up? Where we watch all those black films you know and love. Oh, wait. Yeah, nobody talks about this movie. <laughs> At the end, I was like, hey, Joe. Um. <laughs> and we ask. Does it hold up? Does it hold up? So then guys, we have to ask now, does it hold up? Now, on to the show. Ayo, hey, ayo, hey, ay, hey. niggas get shot every day, B. You be aight, nigga. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> when he offers him some soup, he's like, have some soup. <laughs> Sir, I have bullet holes in my head and in his fucking in his fucking Actual face. Like he got bullet holes. He got literally shot in the fucking face. Like what the fuck? What the fuck do you? What is soup going to do for him? I um, that, I can't I can't. Oh, that man was an enigma the entire time. The entire time. What a funny funny guy. Um. Okay. So hi everybody. Welcome Hello. back. Welcome back to another episode of Does It Hold Up? So, um, this week, obviously, we are talking mm-hmm. about uh, the film Paid in Full. Um, and was this your was this either of your first time watching this? This was absolutely my first time. I know, watching it. I know, it's your first time. <laughs> Listen, and just like last week, I had to skip over some parts because I was like oh my God. scared. And I watched it at like two p.m. in the afternoon. Like sun was shining, you know, tank was clean, and I still wow. couldn't handle it that much. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Camille? Have you ever seen this? Yeah, this was my first time seeing Paid in Full. Oh, wow. You know me. I, oh, wow. I love a rom. I love a calm. I yeah, love this is nice. I love the drum when it's like you know. a specific way. Yeah. Um, yep. So this like nothing would have ever like <laughs> enticed me to no. see. I know the movie. I know about the movie. Of course. Um, see, I didn't even I, know about the movie. Wow. I know we're gonna okay. get into it, but I really, really liked it. Okay, I'm excited yeah, I had to hear. A great time. I had a great I'm excited time. to hear. But before we do that. Let's just check in like we usually do. How's it going? <laughs> How's it going, guys? What you what you up to? Okay, I do have to say, um, because I've been obsessed with it, but the recommendation Camille made last week for that invoke ah. podcast, literally I have done nothing else but listen to it. Um Yes, it's so good. I'm really sad that I finished it. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm like wondering what the next season is gonna be about. What's it gonna be like? Um, right. it, because it's gonna be a, you said a different team. They well they so like all those beautiful names that you hear at the end of each episode. They like fired all of those people. Yeah. Um, kind of unexpectedly. And but from what I hear, there is supposed to be a season two, just not with that team, which I worry about because I thought that I just felt like this was such a strong. Season. Oh, they fucking did their thing. Like, yeah, it was the the interviews, the information that they were collecting, the people they were able to get in touch with. Like, it's top yeah. tier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, so that I've been like listening to that a whole lot. I've yeah. been like, I watched um this new like docu series on netflix and it's basically about 
the it's a it's a true crime docuseries, <laughs> of course. Okay. But it's about uh the night stalker who is like a serial killer in LA. Um and he was like one of the most like prolific like serial killer. Like he killed a ton of people and like did a lot of crazy, crazy shit. And at first I watched it twice. And at first I wasn't super into it, but then Mm. I watched it a second time and I was like, oh, this is like good. So that's like, (laughs) that's like my recommendation. I can't with you watching like murder things about (laughs) the place that you live in. I know. I know. Right. (laughs) What is wrong with me? Like, (laughs) do I not want to sleep at night? I literally just, I was like a couple weeks ago, I was working like the night shift one day at work. So like during like the graveyard shift at like two in the morning, nobody, nobody's there. And it's like dark outside and cold. And what am I doing? But listening to um, an audio book about the Golden State Killer. Jesus Christ. Why (laughs) on earth would I do that? (laughs) Why on earth would I do that? Um, I don't know. But I did. So that's me. What about you? What about you, Lyndon? Are you listening to anything? Watching anything fun? Uh, no, I think in terms of listening, I, I'm i on a really big like R&B kick right now. I've never yeah. really had this before. So I'm listening to a lot of SZA for the first time. I'm not going to lie. Ooh. I know I'm late to this train. But Control, yeah, she'd be, she be spitting. Um, she yeah, be she, spitting. Did, she, she did her thing. She did her thing. She did her thing. Um, you know, some Frank Ocean in there. Chica. Yes. I've been really, really into Chica right now. Love Chica. Um, and yeah, I'm just okay. like reading. I'm continuing reading Mariah Carey's biography, but I'm also trying to get into a lot more literature in terms of books, whether it's mm. queer literature, queer black literature, black literature in general and stuff. So if anybody has any book recommendations, let me know. Let me know. And I've yeah. also found myself on Malcolm X Thirst TikTok. So that's just oh, where I no. am. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so sick of y'all. Oh, did, <laughs> did either of you see One Night in Miami yet? I didn't no. I didn't watch it. I turned it that? on and I mm. got through about, I got through a few minutes of it. Um, and it's not even about the film. I My brain was like, no, girl, you're not watching a movie right now. Yeah, so I, I get that. I, I, off, totally get I will say... Um, like, I don't want to judge it before I see it because I do have high expectations. I think it's, I just don't love like a fictional retelling. Do you know what I mean? Something about based huh. on a true story but gets not, me excited. But something yeah. about putting the words fictional in my brain, even though a lot of movies are fictional, yeah. I just feel a little less invested. Mm, okay. Like, I've never, you know, there's like a lot of plays like that about like, imagine if these two people like <laughs> were together in history. Um, yeah and I do think it's setting itself up a little bit I just I'm worried for the actors because they're all great but we already have a really great Muhammad Ali performance in our That's like true canon. we already have a really great Malcolm X performance in yeah. the canon we, so I I I'm excited to see I'm excited to sit down and watch it me yeah. too me, yeah. me too Okay, so let's jump on in then. So I'm going to do what I usually do at the beginning. Just read what I got from Wikipedia. So Paid in Full is a 2002 American crime drama directed by Charles Stone III. It takes place in Harlem in the 1980s. The title of the film is taking is taken from the 1987 album and song by Eric B. and Rakim, Paid in Full. Have you guys ever heard that song? No, I don't think I have. 
you it's like thinking of a master plan yeah that that mm-hmm. one Mm-mm. oh okay okay i was that's raised up on christian african music oh, so yeah i didn't christian music. listen so i didn't hear none of this <laughs> not christian <Yeah>. african music <laughs> okay um yeah so it's based on that phone and this uh is uh the film is actually based on a true story of three friends um az uh Faison, Rich Porter, and Alpo Martinez in their professional criminal exploits. The characters are Ace, played by Wood Harris. Oh my God. So, so, so. we, but we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk That's about these. <laughs> oh yeah. my God. Wood Harris. I've always been like kind of obsessed with his look. Yeah. And, and, and especially, the oh, I will never forget Remember the Titans. Like, <laughs> could, could, could never. Um, but it's, uh, Wood Harris, um, he plays Ace, Mackay Pfeiffer. Yup. Honey. With a smile that won't quit. I hate him and that smile because I'm like, I know this nigga was a menace back in the day. I <laughs> he just... does give like bad kid. He has that smile Ooh. that's like, you're a bad kid, but I He gives that smile you. that was like, he was definitely like a slut back in the day. <laughs> I, I, you don't get that vibe from him. I mean, I can get that vibe. I don't know. I just don't really find him like he's cute. He objectively is a very beautiful person, but I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. What? I know. I just, I really, I, I think it's because of waiting to exhale and then from there. What was it? The holiday, the Christmas movie that we watched. What was the name of that one? Yeah, he's in um this Christmas. Yeah. But this is like I might be thinking about somebody else. We're talking about Mitch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in he was in this Christmas. He had a cameo. No, 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 not this Christmas. I'm talking about the other one with Woody, Alfred Woodard. Who the fuck are you talking about? Oh, Holiday Heart. Holiday Heart. Hold. Sorry, I just woke up, y'all. I'm still my brain. But but wait, but, but now I'm curious. What actor are you referring to? I'm talking about the guy that played Mitch. Was he not the dude that was like the abusive no, stepdad baby. or something? Oh Mm-mm. no, that's oh. not at all. <laughs> oh. He was in that guy was in waiting to exhale. Why am I thinking they're the same? Sorry, continue. My yeah, continue. <laughs> no, 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 honey, Mackay Pfeiffer. Yeah, no, he's and then uh, <laughs> there's also Rico, who's quite interesting, quite yeah. interesting, who is played by Cameron. Another cute dips, boy <laughs> of Dipset, Dipset, Dipset. um and so they're based on these drug dealers and this is actually a rockefeller um production film uh it's a rock oh i i was we gonna talk about that we gonna get right into that it sure the fuck is and dame dash makes a a cameo in it too um playing it uh just a clown um oh you should see that i just i don't know why i have such hate in my heart for dame dash really the way i in my notes i said flop queen (laughs) i said poor person flop queen dame dash just showed up (laughs) So it was produced 
So it was produced by Dame Dash, Jay-Z, Brett Radner, and actually AZ Faison, who is one of the who was one of the drug dealers, and it's um narrated by Wood Harris as well. So the film uh had a it, it like grossed about a little over three million dollars. It doesn't say what the budget was, so I can't tell if it's a flop or not. But culturally, this film has um it, it it uh it's it's a little different you know like it's a uh, so it don't really matter what happened at the box office because i know all the niggas went to go see it so the basic like synopsis of it is just a young man from harlem forced to cope with the 1980s drug scene built an illegal empire only to have a con a crisis of conscience which is interesting <laughs> um <laughs> interesting but it's the truth though but let's get on into it so go ahead take it over oh yes so act one of paid in full the movie starts out you have three these three guys ace mitch and rico sitting around a table um eating food and they obviously have money like they are obviously in some shady dealings very very rich you know they're taking like like big man bets on like Kobe shots. You know what I mean? Yeah, like balling up like, your pieces of paper. In the fucking throw- trash can, they're like five and ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Like, and they all it. just have it on them. Mm, but don't they look so, good? They look I... great. And I like seeing <laughs> men be friends. Yes. Especially I like, like seeing this. them have nope. nice fun friendship together. Um, you know what was interesting then- to me? I'm sorry. Yeah. Just like, you oh, know, no, it was ahead. interesting to me because we did just say like, it's such a Rockefeller like film. Oh, yeah. I think that that first scene at the beginning, you're just like transported oh, yes. to like 2000s New York City, but like make it uptown, you know, where the niggas reside. Right. But it's, it, would... doesn't it? Doesn't it feel so specific though? Like it's it's so. Yeah. I said the first note that I have. I said this is so East Coast. Which oh my I god! Love. <laughs> um, it just feels like more. I'm like I'm obviously not from New York, but it just feels more like familiar to me Doesn't as opposed it? to like Boys in the Hood, which is like very West Coast. Very yes. West Coast. Exactly. Like, I was it? watching, and I I lived in Harlem for a little bit. I mean, only a couple weeks, but. I was like, this is New York, ain't it? And then they were like, welcome to Harlem. I was like, yeah, yeah welcome, yeah. welcome. It's like the white beamers, the fur coats, yeah. the watches, the Cuban links. Like, that shit was yeah. killing me. It was to die for. It was to die it's for. This is it. I would like to propose. I think that this is truly a fashion film. I feel like oh fashion my God. films typically folk talk about, like, Absolutely. women's fashion. But this is a black men's fashion film i like oh, wasn't because yeah. like i don't love like i said i never seen it before i was like i don't know what i'm about to watch i'm about to watch people shoot real early in the morning and, <laughs> right. and right. no when i saw there's like a they do like a pan and there's this like monogram gucci puffer jet i said oh i'm in <laughs> I'm gonna be seeing it like Dapper Dan. There's like they're wearing Dapper Dan original. Of it's course really they are. Really, it's uptown. Just, of course, it's beautiful. It's- I will say I was confused about what era we were in for a long time. I, I as mm-hmm. as well. I, I was think as maybe well. They were too. I was as well because I'm like I don't I don't know what's because they have beepers and shit and I'm like but wait we've is got it- beepers but our adults all seem to be living in the seventies. Yeah, I don't, the, I don't know what's happening. Right. It was, I don't know what's exactly. happening. <laughs> but it starts yeah. off, they're making these big bets. And then Ace, Ace, you can already, so they're already setting up this dynamic. You know, Cameron's character, Rico, he's making these big, crazy bets. He's obviously more flashy. And 
Ace is a little more quiet. He has the money, but he's not as flashy. He's a little more quiet about it. You can already see that. And then Ace gets a phone call and Keisha, his girlfriend, they said Keisha's having the baby. And then they all celebrate and leave. He goes home to see Keisha and you see him even take a moment of like, huh? Like something just fell off, but he opens the door. His girlfriend's about to have this baby. And instead it was all a setup. And he yeah, is, gets his ass beat. He gets his ass beat. He gets his ass beat the fuck up. I'm sure they've stolen from him. He wakes up in the hospital and then we do a flashback to yeah. a year before. Yeah. You can see how we and all it's got crazy. It. It's crazy that it's like literally only like a year. It doesn't feel like a you year. Know, it, it, it feels like it five feels, years. <laughs> yeah, that was like a long, like a lot has happened. Like, why is your life so that? that much yeah. that that it that that's what's happening <laughs> i do have to say i do have to say mm-hmm. that these niggas just are giving me it girl vibes like they are popping oh, they are they're on and i don't know why they it makes are. me i don't know why but it made me a little horny watching makai pfeiffer eat like i don't know <laughs> I cannot stand you. Lyndon, you don't get to talk. Cannot, you do not get you know to talk. Let me mute after myself again. I'm sorry. Let me mute myself again. I am not one to talk. I am not one to talk. I am not. I am sorry for judging you. I should not have been the first one to cast the stone. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I just had to say that before you go back in time. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So we go, we take this flashback and Ace is now working at the cleaners. So we see him a year before he's working at the cleaners. It's not really giving him the type of money we've seen, you know, a year that a year, uh, like in the future. And he's honestly just like, he's looking down bad. This is not his dream. He's real. He's down terrible. <laughs> he's, y'all. This he's not trying flooded. to be here. <laughs> This nigga flooding. This nigga is down terrible. Okay, exactly. Ace is and down terrible. He really is, and he is. You get to just tell that he like wants more out of his life. And so, Calvin, who is dating his sister, he is a drug dealer, and he comes in, and you know he's he's flashy. Everyone knows. I mean, first of all, if you know, you know. I feel like everybody knows who the drug dealer is. You can always spot them. They've got the money. They're being you flashy. can even if they're can, even if oh, they're right. not flashy. You can just tell by what they're wearing. Like right. who the fuck is? Why are you in Harlem in a fucking ghetto wearing Cuban links? <laughs> I. <laughs> it's so obvious. It's you so the only obvious. nigga. You the only nigga here in a Beamer. It's <laughs> really? the, we, we know it's you with a we band. Know it's you rolling down in New York. I know that insurance is expensive. I know proud. it is. They're proud but that's of it. code. It has to be. It has to be. <laughs> but yeah, so yes. he's like seeing Calvin making this money. You can cut. I what I do love about this movie is they show, like, there's a lot of movies about drug dealing, but they really show the pervasiveness, yeah, of the life of it and like why. I feel like other movies really try to simplify it. Yeah, to be about money, but it's about so much more to these people. It's about money, it's about status, it's about walking outside it really, and feeling really like somebody. Is. Totally. And who doesn't want that? You know. So of he's course. seeing that, um, and you know, he's kind of trying to recruit him a little bit. Mister Pip, who runs the, who runs the dry cleaner, steps in and is like, "No, that's what a weird what ass name. What a weird ass name, <laughs> Mister Pip. Pip. He gives me Mister Pip vibes, though. If that he makes does. Any he's dressed sense. like. Quite literally, one of Gladys Knight's pips. Yeah, the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, I cannot stand um, you. Yeah. 
Don't bring Gladys into this one. Don't bring her into this one. (laughs) (laughs) So then um, Ace goes to Mitch's house to pick up laundry because he works at the dry cleaner. So he like does deliveries and stuff. That's where we the see fact that, the fact that he's just doing deliveries like on foot. Like this nigga is really down terrible. He's in a car. <laughs> he he Mr. Pip ain't even get this nigga a bike or a scooter. He's just <laughs> running he around. Said you will be carrying these plastic <laughs> plastic bags full of clothes and you will be delivering them to the doorstep. You literally. <laughs> uh but that's where we meet Keisha, who is played by Regina Hall, who's fucking adorable. It's so cute movie. like such a young regina hall and i know she doesn't have She's like so the biggest cute. she doesn't have like the biggest role in this but oh it's so oh my god cute. yeah she's so, she's so cute. cute and endearing she her and her and ace are obviously you know together they have a little something going on um but that's where we really meet mitch who is you know another very proud drug dealer out here in these streets he has his own uh, um is sunny his his brother or his son so that's very confusing the whole movie. Right. But Sonny is his younger brother. Okay. And okay, not great. his son. And I not his son. I just couldn't tell all the way. So it's very confusing. Taking, yeah. So you see him taking care of his younger brother. He's definitely one of those like drug dealers who's trying to, you know, make life better for everyone in his for, circle. For a, right. For the community. He, he's like showing him how to clean sneakers with like right. a toothbrush. And I don't know why everything Mackay Pfeiffer does is sexy to me, but there was really something about just that moment where he's like telling him how to clean the sneakers where I was like, oh, oh. I gotta, I need a moment. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> I need yeah. a moment. <laughs> Men like taking care of uh, children and like playing with them very hot. Very it's lovely. like the bare minimum. It's the bare Absolutely. minimum. Absolutely. He listens. It's the bare <laughs> he listens. He cares. And just even though that is what should be expected, it's like, oh my God, hey. It's like, how are you doing? I'll hold a brick for you, Zaddy. Daddy. I'll hold a brick for you, Zaddy. See, but with him, it would, you see, literally, it would literally be a brick with him, though. And I oh would God, transport yeah. it. If we had watched the film Killer Season, which is another Cameron film, but it's much yes. more about crack. He, he had women like literally swallowing and shitting bricks in a room for him. Like they it were just shitting, sh- shitting, shitting out bricks of cocaine. And Absolutely. I would, I Absolutely. would do that. I would do that for a 2002 Mackay Pfeiffer. I'm sorry. Continue. I, mm-mm, mm-mm, <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> so you see like, you see this kind of like split life of Mitch kind of having this more glamorous life, selling drugs, making money, Ace delivering these dry clean clothes. And then while he's making his deliveries, there's a man in the hallway that stops Ace. And he's like, you the laundry man? And he's like, yeah. And he gives him, he's like, come, you know, I have laundry for you. So he goes he to this man's house. He gives me vibes of just like a Pablo Escobar type. Oh, uh, like that. This man is big time. And you can tell it's him because like we're in the 80s. So it's the start of the crack epidemic. So thanks, totally. Ronald Ray. Thank you, Ronald Reagan. Thanks but for that. It's, but you can <laughs> see you, like, Reagan. right? But you can see, like, the shift that's happened, you know, in the community. Like, this man is, like, selling cocaine, and he's much wealthier and much, like, more, like, laid back than these other drug dealers who are selling, like, heroin, weed, you know, little shit. Like, crack hasn't... Yeah. Coke Coke and crack are new. They're, like, So new, but they are about, like, it's about to take over, and you can tell that it just hasn't ravaged this community just yet. But it's on the way. 
Right, exactly. And this man is living expensively. Like when Ace goes into his house to help him like pick up the laundry, he can see immediately like, oh, he's someone who's making money, like money. different money than the rest of us. Also, how are all of these units in one apartment? <laughs> I'm very confused as to why. <laughs> make it make sense. His like make gorgeous unit. Sense. I know. It's as I know. to why he lives even in this like apartment building in this neighborhood. Like, does he think it's unassuming? No, nigga, it's weird. Yeah. Like, and why so- are you wearing slacks? Exactly. It's like, oh, so while he's just picking up this man's laundry, he's like, here's a little money for your friend and gives him, you know, that money when any, any time anyone sees it in this movie, hypnotized. And he's like, this is for your friend, basically letting him know, look, I know that Mitch sells drugs. I probably do too. (laughs) Just putting it out there. It's very much like a shady, a shady way of kind of like pseudo recruitment. The lingo in this is such, is like really to die for. It's giving me such classic gangster film vibes. You know what I mean? Like everybody's bee and baby and all this. And I'm like, I love this so much. I really do. It's so New York. It's great. (laughs) It's so New York. I felt like I was listening to an episode of Bodega Boys. Oh, Um, Bodega, come on. And you, I bet you they seen this film like a thousand billion times. Oh, like, they referenced it several times on the podcast. Several now I'm times. Like, so I understand what's happening. Of course, um, of course. So then we see, you know, the boy Ace and the um and Sunny are playing basketball, and Mitch drives up on his motorcycle. You know, talking about the type of money he makes. He's like, look, basically, he's like, look, Ace, you're down bad. If you want to be living <laughs> down like <bad>. me, <laughs> he's like, if you want to be living like me, like this is how we, this is how we do it um so it's just it's just basically like i feel like the first like 30 40 minutes of this movie is different people kind of showing glimpses of the life you could have that you could be living like i love like money making mitch like he and i don't get why he lives in the same why mitch even lives in the same house like if you can afford beamers and really nice like motorcycles cuban links all these nice fancy shoes why don't you just move to a different neighborhood why don't you put sunny in a private school because you can't take a house out on the street and flex in front of everybody. That's yeah. true. That and that's true. the name of this game. You're right. That's, I, mean, I feel like that's such a huge part of it. It's like, this is the big flashy car. Here's the chains. Yeah. Here's the clothes. And we need to yeah. go outside and pr- quite literally just parade it around. Yeah. So that everyone can see and know. And then I can feel big for, for a few hours. Yeah. Can we um, talk so, about, yeah. like, ha- just how, like, can we talk about this cameo that Dame Dash makes um, oh, with him and with him and Mitch? <laughs> I know. We're close. We're getting there. We're getting there. It's like a little bit. It's a little uh, further down. But so we, like I said, we keep seeing people kind of like trying to show Ace this life, including his sister's boyfriend comes right. over to dinner. Oh, I hate him. I hate him. Oh, he's terrible. Calvin. And you can tell that nobody, no one can tell Calvin shit, you know, because he's running the block. And so he comes over. He's counting drug money at the table. At the dinner table. Like, at the dinner table. Rude. Everyone's uncomfortable. And then he gives a lump sum of it to um, Ace's Their mom. Their mother. Mom. And it, that's what you see. Like, I, I love that they show how complicated this whole thing was. Because I right. think some people just truly think it was like, you know, crack was insatiable and black people just couldn't stop. And we just, you know, didn't care about our communities, whatever, whatever. And everybody's, and everybody's in on it, too. They right. think everybody's in on it. But the fact of the it. matter is there were bills that needed to be paid. Exactly. And the, there were people, you know, 
doing dubious things to get this money, but they were helping pay the bills. And so you, I love that they show, you know, yes, Calvin's an asshole, but he's also given money for groceries, money that I'm not, money that, you know, I'm not in a position. Ace's mom is not in a position to be turning down. Hell no. Like I don't, when people, I, I think people don't understand when we say like Ronald Reagan really destroyed communities. He really put black Boy. people in a situation that was mm-hmm. like with no way out and black people had to like make their way. Yeah. And, and they purposely you know, did that because they it. knew exactly, they knew exactly what they were trying to do. They were trying to, you know, belittle and impoverish black and brown communities to just yeah. further support like, white supremacy in a sense. As they knew then, the way to do that was through drugs. And they knew that that was going to be a way to to kill each other. Like exactly. they, they put they us literally, exactly. they put us I literally mean, in these ghettos where this si- mm-hmm. this violence is just cyclical, you know, like it's always, I get you. And then the next week somebody gets you back in, in defense mm-hmm. of me. Yeah. And then the next, and it just, it's over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And, but and I don't this- think that people understand like how common that is of a trope, especially when it comes to, you know, colonization and stuff. Like I know in Africa, a lot of European countries, what they would do is they would like, put one tribe in charge of the whole country, you know, so to speak, so that it's the tribes fighting against the tribes versus, you know, the people of Africa fighting fighting against against these literal invaders and colonizers that just came in and decided to take over out of the blue so that they wouldn't get the blame that they rightfully deserve. It's on purpose. It's completely on purpose. Yeah. And so it looks like all of this is happening within the community. But what the thing that I think is like kind of like the silent character here is what we know was happening on a like national level in the 80s and how it it was it was really forcing these communities into these like situations and also it just go and then there was this whole I feel like the 80s was like a much different time of like wealth and abundance and flashiness and you had to be rich and you had to look rich and all of that like it 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 trickles down that is the one thing that did actually trickle down (laughs) right Ronald Reagan Right, because they do that to make you like, I'm sorry, I'm losing my thought. But basically, I was just saying that like, you do, you do all that stuff. The 80s was about distracting yourself from the fact that we have a plague out here killing people. We've got crack on the street. So yes, it makes, it doesn't just make, you know, these individual men feel good to be out here flexing the streets. It makes everyone on the street feel good to see black people out here being able to flex. It lifts people's spirits. And so it's not about... It's not just about bragging. It's not just about that. It's about like uplifting people's spirits during a time that's really quite dark. <laughs> I mean, incredibly dark. Yeah. Like people yeah. are literally dying in droves Everywhere. from a plague that from no a one can things. name. From right. and from, uh, it's crazy because at the same time, all these people are getting very, very rich. They're robbing these communities, and these communities right. are getting very, very poor. Yeah. It's insane. It's, it's insane. It's fucked up. Um, and so back to Pinful, Ace finds Coke in that man, Lulu, the drug dealer who, you know, Paul did he find find it or did Lulu plant it? Lulu, I think Lulu, I think it was all a part of this like recruitment scheme. Yeah, I think Lulu did that shit on purpose. I think he could, I think he had Ace's card. Like he could, he could peg him. He knew all he, all he needed was a little bit of convincing. Right. I think he knew. Exactly. So he like basically plants it there. Ace finds it um, and kind of keeps it to himself. And then, you know, Mitch comes by flexing in his car. They're driving the street. And it's like, where does he see... park all of these cars? 
girl because it can't just be out here on the regular street. Right. And I know parking in New York is expensive as fuck. So exactly. I'm trying to see the bill because I know because I, I live now in like New York. It costs like $30 for 15 right. minutes in Manhattan. And I know they'd be living in Harlem. Does That's he have yeah. a garage in Jersey where he just keeps all this nice-ass car? I don't yeah, know. A 45-minute train ride from Harlem to Jersey every day I, just to get I, his car. I, I and don't then know. that $15 toll in the Lincoln Tunnel to come back into Manhattan after he got his car. <laughs> That's even more of a flag. So everybody, I, I don't think it. I don't think that's I don't think that's nothing to Mitch. He's money making Mitch. He got all these exactly. like stacks exactly. of money, stacks of money. <laughs> exactly. And as they're driving around, that is when we get the cameo that we talked about from, as it says in my notes, Dame for person Dash. flop queen Dame Dash. <laughs> person flop queen Dame. I just when it comes to, when it comes to Dame Dash, I am just Jay Z in that video. Where you can tell he is obviously done with all of these Rockefeller niggas. Oh you know, God, that? absolutely! I know the video. He's giving an interview and they're all around him cheering, Just doing acting the most. a fool. They're acting Everyone. a goddamn ass. Yeah, in my head, the Rico character is based off some version of Dame Dash. Oh, absolutely, has to Just be. Just doing has to be. too much. Just doing, doing way the absolute most too for much. no reason. Literally for no reason. Yeah, yeah. So Dave Dash is here to not really do anything, just to be like you know a nigga on the street. A clown. A clown. <laughs> a clown. A clown. Exactly. And again, I put, "What year are we in?" I'm so confused. Exactly. Um, They're betting on the Knicks. Is that ever a good bet? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I Don't thought I was that. the only one for ten G's in what the nineties. On, oh, it's supposed to be the 80s. The okay, 80s. then 10 Gs in the 80s. Even worse. <laughs> on the worse. Knicks? What the uh, fuck? That's, an inter- That's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> yes. Um. So Mitch goes, you see Mitch goes to the corner store and he's talking to Ice, played by Ron C. Fitzjones, who I absolutely love. Um, and Ice is his like right, but a heroin addict, Ron C. Fitzjones. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, in This Is Us, that's what he's doing as well. He's just oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. But you yeah. have Ron C. Fitzjones playing Ice, who is uh, Mitch's uncle, right? Mitch's uncle. Yes, his uncle. He ain't shit. He's very, he's you know y'all know this man. He's at the yeah, corner he, store at the corner from store up to sundown. He don't even work there. He don't even work yeah, there. Oh, they never work there. <laughs> He's there. just there. The corner has one employee, and then the yeah. rest of the people just just are here. living there, not Literally. paying no fucking bills, yeah. not nope. not getting no job, just sitting there. Nope. Like Mitch, I know you got it. You can't give me this. You can't give me this or that. You can't give me no money, nigga. Why right, don't you begging. go up and get a job? Just begging, just a begging ass nigga. Exactly, and you could tell he's almost. It's weird. He's almost like jealous of Sunny. Absolutely. The fact that Mitch yeah. like t- like like takes he can care fit of him. in and gives him money and takes care of him. Like I'm sorry, yeah. Ice, that no one was out here trying to do that for you, but that don't mean you take it out on this child. Also, you were grown man, a baby. You are a grown man. <laughs> You're a grown man. Sonny's a child. Sonny's a literal child. Like this Sonny's kid is still learning little... his ABCs. He wow. is learning his ABCs. He's le- he's doing addition. He's not even on to fractions, divisions, multiplication <laughs> yet. This is a child. I can't. <laughs> Uh, um, but then we kind of see uh, oh yeah so he shows the coke to Mitch and Mitch is like okay so what about it <laughs> like you trying to be in this or you're not trying to be in this Um, and you don't really see nothing really happens there they end up going to the club you see more of like 
you know, while Mitch the and them lifestyle. are selling, they're se- right. They're like Mitch and them sell certain drugs, but also this fame and this acclaim, that's their drug. And yeah. you see him just go to basically just go to the club to just get that love that everybody has for him. Everyone's saying hi, tapping him up, eight ball jackets galore. Like we are, you know, doing our, doing what people do when they go to the club. Um, just Mitch, like having a good time, throwing money, flashing. Yeah. Mitch well, loves some of the my lifestyle. favorite scenes, just for like the fashions and just yeah. the culture of it. It's so good. Remember, he said, "A nigga like me, I love the lifestyle." <laughs> I love the lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And so after the club, Mitch gets home, and that dubious nigga Ice is there, asleep on the couch. And he just hates it. So Ice basically just is, is there, mooching off of him. He, like, hates the sight of it, hates to see him mooching off of his mama. And I, I have seen, it. I know niggas like that yeah. just be, like, laying around. Like, you just got a hot place. Like, you have a hot place to sleep. Like, these are just people who would, these are the same people who would, like, be like, well, if I go to jail, it's three hots and a cot. You know? Like, right. I got somewhere just to looking stay. looking for a place. Just looking for a stay, not looking Washing to do any yeah. right. D- don't wash no dishes. Don't even babysit Sonny. Like Sonny <laughs> is out here by himself. Sonny is raising his goddamn self. Truly, truly. Um, and you kind of see Mitch go home. You see that like dichotomy of like, yes, I'm a star right here in the streets, but when I come home, I take off all of these chains. I put my clothes. Da, 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 da. I'm just a nigga sharing a room with a child, like anybody and else. He, and he, I'm just a nigga sharing a room with a child, <laughs> looking for a girl. Her yes. name is Mariah. Oh and- my god! <laughs> I am so now we're getting so into fan fiction. <laughs> getting into some fan fiction here on the pod. Um, I can't. I can't. But, oh, don't I get do me started now. I do want to point out that. Just like how neatly he puts all of his stuff away. Oh my God, I, I made like, a note about that. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, because the best drug dealers are some of the neatest, most anal Cleanest, people I have ever so anal. met. Guys, no, um, if your drug dealer is living wrong, that is not the person you want to be buying your drugs from. You don't need to be buying drugs from them. But your drug yeah. dealer is very neat and very clean. Like he keeps a fresh pair yes, on, he does. you know. Yes, folded. Clothes folded, and he's like, I bet you he smells good too. I just mm-hmm. know he does. I he know he smells to. like some, I know he does. like a. <laughs> I, I know he smells good. I know he smells good, y'all. <laughs> I can't with you. <sighs> um, but yeah, so you see, so Ace's mom wakes him up. We learn that his nickname is Lucky. He don't want to be called Lucky because he ain't feeling lucky right about now. Uh, and then his mom sorry his mom just gives him this look that broke my heart it's a look that I feel like (laughs) I've gotten from my parents when they're like trying to have like I don't know like oh are you excited for the day and I'm like no I'm actually very awful and depressed and I because I have to go to whatever and I don't know shit about my what I want to do and they give you this look of like I was there once and I understand and I'm so sorry but you yeah you have to go to work (laughs) it's like you that look of like oh is my kid work. depressed which is like oh uh, literally yeah <laughs> literally he is. Yeah. He is. he's so um, depressed because he's making like 75 dollars a week and he sees mitch and all these drug dealers around just living fucking large and it's happening right in his face and it's happening right in his face and it's like what i don't even like what does this man even want to do with his life besides make money you know and he's not even and he's not even doing that well so Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah he said but that's the thing. It doesn't even seem like he wants a lot. It seems like he's content with his life. It just it seems no, like the, I didn't get well, that okay, vibe. No, no, no. I don't think I don't think he's one hundred percent content. But I feel like he probably would have been content if, like, you know, the people around him weren't living as lavishly as they were. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. definitely like making money guy, as easily. Sure. Ex- exactly, he seems like he's more on the simpler side. Where I feel like he just got into it because that's what he thought he like should have done or needed yeah. to do. To yeah, it was a way. Sure. It was a way to make money. So he goes to work, and that is where he learns that Calvin, his sister's drug dealer boyfriend, has an been idiot, a real idiot. Oh, and you can tell this nigga's an idiot from the first scene, but yeah. he has now Those been arrested. Glasses? Ew. Right, glass, all of it. He has been arrested. Um, and something about that. I, I mean, basically, arrested means there's a vacancy out here on the street. Exactly, and, there's a corner. It's open. Exactly, and Ace is hip to that. And so he decides to sell that little eight ball that he found. He quits his job because the he... boss found it. Oh, yes. It says, oh, yeah. dude, this is actually before then. I'm almost sure. Because when the boss finds it, we've got like a little half brick back there. This oh, is still yeah. that little eight ball he found in his pocket. So oh, that little eight that ball. To the man in the hallway. And that basically starts all you see Lulu kind of training Because him the up. man in the hallway was like, what is this this shit is right? pure because we're kind of still on crack now and coke yeah. is expensive coke That's is expensive what did whitney expensive. say what did whitney say i'm too crack is too cheap. Rich. cheap i'm too rich <laughs> and you could tell she's high as a motherfucking kite while she's yep. doing what she's giving this interview she said crack oh is i just whack. watched it so recently that's crazy yeah, yeah but that's also is, sad that that's whack. like one of the last interviews she did before she died Aww. yeah Aww. yeah <laughs> Sorry, it's just crazy. Any, it's a shame now because you watch any compilation of like Whitney being funny, and the whole time yeah. I'm just like, she's high as fuck. Yeah. I said Whitney's just out of here, just on crack, just <laughs> on crack. Um, but you see, Ace is like now being trained by Lulu, learning the ways of this business and how to do things. Um, and now he told like, this nigga he Mitch. can make eight hundred dollars a day. I said I don't make that, and I work eight hours a day. Oh my I god! I don't yeah. make that. I don't make that I in a throw, week. I would have to work so many hours to even do that. <laughs> oh my uh, god! It's, it's really so sad, sad to think about. I don't, I don't like. And this. right, so like even us talking about our like minimum wage jobs in 2021 right. is still just like, damn, drug dealing does look like it, it has its parts. I mean, like, I mean it's, see, it's, it's seeming a little bit appealing. I'm not it's, gonna lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> For legal purposes, uh. this is all a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, we are not, we're not even about that life. Can um, you imagine us as drug dealers? I'd be like, okay, like, chill the fuck out. Like, <laughs> like, don't try and handle it. I got over anxiety. the prices. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? Yeah, like, I, just, I got anxiety. Don't be coming it. for me like that. Mm-mm. I'm not cut no, out for man. that life. What the fuck Mm-mm. do you mean? Don't call me at all hours of the day. I'll give you the drugs when I want to give them to you. Yeah. How about that? that. that. Just don't call much. me. <laughs> I can imagine. Don't contact be, me. I can imagine that it would be very similar to when I was selling Girl Scout cookies and basically just um, like putting my own money into the pot because I was eating so many <laughs> of the Girl Scout cookies. I don't really trust myself with a surplus of drugs around me and That's nobody true. to. That's now true. I'm in debt and I've got people after me, you know? And like they're gonna take your fucking knees, Camille, right. if you don't and give them that shit. Well, that's a beautiful segue because now we're starting to see the kind of darker sides of things as Ace is riding around with Mitch and he starts to see what happens when niggas don't have their money. And Mitch is that now starting to have to reprimand people, not turn up in on. my opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, he should have he should have roughed that nigga up. You said you yeah. short? 
We need oh, a warning money? shot or something. A little something. Oh my! Terrible. Like you need to let some rounds off. Like that nigga from last week who was just letting off rounds in the air. You need to scare these niggas. Yeah. <laughs> truly, truly. Um, Missing my see- money. Get the fuck out of here. I can't be money making Mitch if my street soldiers ain't with it. Ain't with it. Not street soldiers. <laughs> My army. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what call themselves those. I know they did. Rico says they will put in the movie. Um, oh and then God, and this Rico. is my favorite part of the movie. I think you. They talk about how Harlem is like super inspired by Scarface, which finally that's so interesting made me. me understand what I was like. Okay, now I know the year because yes. I still couldn't nail it down. I said Scarface <laughs> had just come out. Yes. Um, and I just I don't know. I just love. That so I love the reasoning rappers. behind it. Right. Like they just like seeing a poor, like immigrant person kind of work their way up and become and this. Make it. Right. They saw it and they loved being able to just see somebody make it. And uh, so and many it was rappers really inspiring like, to them. love oh that movie. So many drug dealers love that movie. Love that movie. And I get why. It's such a rags to riches, but riches in the kind of way of like, I have fuck you money way. Yeah. Like, and, and, totally. and you don't see, and like black people don't have fuck you money enough. Like, right. we gotta we go. To I, to bitch, so because people. if I could tell my bosses fuck you right now, let me tell you, I would throw money in their fucking faces. Mariah's. <laughs> like like Rihanna at the BET Awards when she That's threw that exactly stack. how I would do it. That's yeah. exactly how I would do it. If I had fuck you money right now, I would ghost my job. I would run <laughs> off. I would run off. I would steal that plant that I see in the bathroom that I want to take every day, but I'm like, I, I can't get fired. I can't get fired over fire. a $10 plant. Not a like, plant. Just go to the stores. <laughs> It's so cute though, and I want it. But um, when I quit, I'm gonna steal it. Yeah, when you, I, I was gonna say you need to before you leave, you need to make sure that's in your bag. Because I don't see myself. I don't see myself staying at this job for that much. I'm sorry, this is not important, but I <laughs> need a sh- if you are listening to this and you are a sugar daddy, please contact True. me. My phone number is seven seven three. I cannot. <laughs> you better stop. Oh, <laughs> Oh, but yes, everyone's inspired by Scarface, and we're seeing the parallel. This is, the, I think, one of the strongest scenes in the movie. They show mm-hmm. like the parallels. You see like scenes from Scarface, and then you see Mitch kind of, you know, having to be out here killing niggas because they don't have money. And that is when we get to Mister Pip finding the like half brick, the of coke brick the of coke. Yeah, sir, at your job, which I guess right. is like the thing. Even Lulu says like, no, that's even better. People know you. You kind of got a place of business to kind of already operate out of. Um, but Mr. Pip don't play that. And he shouldn't. He like, he was it. very rightfully. Oh, my God. You're not going to to my place business. Of business. Right. Kidding? It's not just drugs that bring, as you can see in the movie, it brings violence. It brings just all types of other kind of conflict with that. And we don't need this up here in the cleaners. No. That's no. just not what we need up here in the cleaners. Um, and he, I mean, Mitch doesn't really. I mean, not Mitch. Ace doesn't really say much when he's confronted about it. He kind of tries to like right. play it off, but uh, that's the last we really see of him at the. I think he's officially right done now. I think he quits because he's like, he's like, uh, and have my seventy five dollars at the end of yep. the week. And then I feel like this is when we get into Act Two. That's what I was just gonna say. Good, because so, we didn't map it out in the beginning, but now we're like, yeah. But I, I think it's like very clear. <laughs> so, so now, um. He's given up on this, like, 
lifestyle, like on this like broke nigga lifestyle. And he starts recruiting his friends to make Coke and selling it at the building across the street from the house. And so he's, he, the fact is, is he's a good businessman because he's like, I can sell this shit, which is much better shit than them other niggas are selling. It's much more addictive and I can sell it so cheap that Mm -hmm. I sell more and then I'm stealing all their customers. And he started stealing so many customers that he had to start hiring niggas to sell Literally. coke for him. He was selling <laughs> so much motherfucking coke. And I'm like, nigga, it's been like two days. What I the mean, fuck? But he was selling them, like they said in the movie, a good price. It seemed like some quality stuff. It, it was. seemed like people trusted him too. Like, cause he clearly yeah. doesn't seem like he's gonna go out of his way to be malicious. Like, right. And the way he's, uh, the way he approaches, conversations throughout the movie is he's like listen i don't want no problems this seems like an issue let's just settle it now like he's very level-headed so it makes sense that he got such a big business so fast because people probably just trusted him they just really did did. they really trusted him and and he's smart and he's like so he starts doing so well he said like if i eat everybody eats and so we love distributing the wealth come on wealth distribution we love it that's the trickle down effect that reagan wanted (laughs) i don't think i don't think ronald reagan thought that was ever gonna happen but oh absolutely that's 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 another story for it because yeah i don't want to get too much into it but white people don't really they know they don't really come from that same of like we protect our own like we look out for our community absolutely not not. think and so it actually i feel like to many Black people make sense that these men in the community were making all this money and were deciding to put it back into the community because that is what we do. Yeah, but white people don't. That's just not really what they do. I mean, it's a common thing in like white society that it's more of an individualistic approach versus like a community. But I mean, that's the thing. It's when you're doing well and other people around you are doing well. Everyone, like everyone's mental health just everyone's everyone's happy. happy. Why do you want people to be miserable? Why do you, and here's the thing that pisses me off because people have been talking about this like on Twitter about how people at McDonald's don't deserve to make $15 an hour. What is wrong with yeah. you? Why do you want people to be poor and miserable? What the also, fuck do you, do you think that's going to do? why do you want the people making do? your food to be miserable? Yeah, yeah, I don't get that. I don't get it. It's like, why, because you're so unhappy with how much you make that you think like, oh, then you're like, oh, well, the price of a, a McDouble's going to go. It's always going to go up with inflation. It's always going to go up with inflation. And that's not going into anyone who works in McDonald's pocket. Like, that's Thank just you. Me. Like, why the fuck are you worried about the profit deficit or the margins at fucking McDonald's and Taco Bell? Are you exactly. kidding me? People but also- just are unhappy and want people to be unhappy. They right. want people that do more physical labor to be seen as less than and get paid less, but that doesn't make any sense. Labor is labor, whether it's you're working on a computer all day or you're exactly. flipping burgers on right. a hot grill for eight labor hours straight on your feet. Labor is labor. I don't understand why there is less equity than the people deserve. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Um, so back to Ace, who goes by Ace now. Um, <laughs> and he's like, basically, he's like, again, if I eat, everybody eats. So he's like buying BMWs and Lexuses and making real fucking money. They have so much money, they can't even count it by hand. They have garbage trash bags full of money piled up on top of each other in a closet because they have so much money. 
And did we mention that Mitch goes to jail because he got caught? I was really sad about it. But yeah, actually, yeah they kind of brushed over that he even went to jail. And then you're like, yeah. oh, this nigga in prison. <laughs> he, got, he got arrested. This nigga did some time. But it's interesting that he's in prison because this is when he meets a young Rico who they refer to who they refer to as a Panamanian Puerto Rican cat. And I'm like, that's a really, that's (laughs) a really roundabout. That's a roundabout (laughs) way of saying he's black. Literally, literally. <laughs> That's a roundabout way of saying this is a black person, but you live your life. Um, and Rico is played by Cameron, a very, very young Cameron. He's so cute. He's so young and adorable. He but is he's adorable. A young he's crazy Cameron. as fuck, though. He's crazy oh, as fuck, yeah. though, but he's he, adorable. Yeah, so Mitch is like basically in prison and he's like sweet talking some girl on the phone. And then this nigga behind him is like, hey, it's my turn to use the phone. Like, nigga, wait your turn. Like, you're literally, you have all the time in the world. It's because, well, what they were saying, like, when you're in jail, the streets are talking, it gets back. So everyone kind of knew that Mitch would have money waiting for him because Ace is out here running things on the street now. Yeah, he knew so, that. That's all they took. They said, "Oh, that's a target." <laughs> right. Head. So they, so they, so they, they wanted to like kind of like bitch him or whatever. So this guy is like trying to fucking like fight Mitch, and then Cameron, who Rico, I'm gonna call him Rico. That's his character's name. His his real name is Cameron, <laughs> but um, I'm gonna call him Rico. So Rico like shanks this nigga, like cuts him in his fucking throat shanks shanks this nigga and then he and mitch start fighting like 20 niggas in the prison in the in the common area and And win win the fight (laughs) win the fight win the fight and i can tell that rico's like a social climbing like type girl like he's a hanger on her oh yeah he's he's giving me very much instagram influence (laughs) well rico tells several people in the movie that they are like his family and yeah. that he would do anything for them and to me anyone who does that is a red that's such a bad flag exactly that's a red especially flag. that early family. on into the relationship and yeah. also too he gives me the vibes of those you know those commercials that you might see on youtube where it's like if you follow these steps this is how you'll become a millionaire even though like yep. you're putting an ad on my youtube channel about how i could become a millionaire <laughs> by paying you something ain't adding up yeah something that's ain't rico. adding up that's, that's fucking rico, rico. that's rico yeah. Yeah, so um, he pretty much is like, he latches himself onto Mitch. He's like, I'll do anything for you. Like, you my nigga. Like, I'm your street soldier. Like, Meanwhile, I got you. Meanwhile, this is the first time they've ever met. They've <laughs> ever met. Like, you just met this nigga and you already dedicating your life to him? No one sees this as weird. No one sees this as weird. It's such a red flag for me. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, he basically, I was like, this is one to watch out for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another red flag is when he meets him in jail, Mitch, and he's like, ask Rico where he's from, and this nigga just says everywhere. Everywhere. You know, he says everywhere. Where are you That's from? a problem. That's a problem. We are in New York City. We have been split mm-hmm. up into defined boroughs, bitch. Which yeah. one are you from? Literally, like, there's five. He's like, Pick I remember. One. He's like, I'm from Uptown. I'm from Downtown. I'm from Manhattan. I'm from Harlem. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm like, That's a problem. <laughs> this, is a, this is a nigga who clearly is a social climber, yes. and he will do anything and step on anyone, including you, to get to where he wants to be. And I can tell that from the first time we get introduced to this character. But it seems that as street smart as these niggas are, no one else can tell that about him. No one else. Well, boys are fucking stupid. 
Like, I just think men are dumb. You're true. You're right. And the thing, like, the things that attract them to friendship. Like, Rico is someone who definitely has a ton of, everyone loves him. As you see in the movie. But But he's a clown. Everyone loves him. Everyone loves him because of the way I think he can mirror people's personalities very well. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He can become what he needs to become to fit in. And, and that's all not masculinity a real is right. All masculinity is is uh, pretending so that you come off a certain way. And I really feel like when other men see a guy like that, it's like inspiring to them. Almost like they're like, oh yeah, like he can switch up and like do this and do that. It's just so interesting to me because I feel like that's someone that all three of us are looking at right now. Like this is obviously someone we should. It's not obviously trust. <laughs> weird as fuck, but I think we have that kind of intuition. Yeah. That, he's such like a friend to a guy. Like, yeah. Like a, a nigga friend. This is not a person I would be a friend with, but th- then he gets out of jail. He gets out of jail before uh, Mitch does. And so he goes up to, he introduces himself to Ace and basically he's like, Ace, I'll do anything for you. Like, just put me on, just put me mm-hmm. on, just put me on. And Ace is pretty much like, fucking relax dude like, what's the what's the deal like where's the fucking fire and with him it's always there's always a fire mm-hmm. so then so then uh ace goes to lulu's apartment and lulu's been murdered obviously that was always going to happen because yeah. why are you living in fucking harlem and you have a closet full of diamonds diamonds like what diamonds. literal diamonds we, we never find out who kills him though right he's just dead no i feel like that was very looked over like mm-hmm. niggas is uh, niggas came in there and sniped him i feel like it was I the united a, states government well no what's your they sniped him and left the drugs and diamonds oh okay what's your theory it. what's your theory i think those no. men had something to do with it the men that um ace Ooh. goes and nobody was surprised Whoa. enough about lulu being dead no. nobody jumped nobody flinched and at first nobody. i said well you know this is their line of business but also if lulu i mean if if ace was set up in the beginning from Lulu, who's to say that this is not a part of it? I feel like they knew that because if the streets are talking and Ace is out here making all this money, they must know. You know, they must yeah, see him. And I feel true. like they probably went there. So they said, "Let's cut out this middleman because he's not even selling the yeah, way." Ace is selling. that's yeah. true. Because Lulu is like the lay low type. Yeah. yeah, without Ace, Lulu wouldn't have done anything, or at least Lulu wouldn't have had the success that he had because of Ace. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think because right. no Lulu, one cares. Yeah, Nobody Lulu cared. Is. And then it's really like, yes, you know, why didn't we just take this stuff ourselves if we kill Lulu? But also it could be a test. I just feel like I don't know why. It could have been watch- a test. I when think I watch crime things, all of a sudden I'm like guessing every move and y'all know me. I right. Crime. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I just but feel like even if he too- didn't turn the stuff back in, they could just kill yeah. him now. Because that's what they right. did. <laughs> My theory is that they knew about the drugs, but yeah. they probably didn't know about the diamonds. But we'll get to oh, that later. Yeah, yeah. They didn't know about the diamonds. But my thing is, is now that you mention that, because if they hadn't set Lulu up, Camille, then wouldn't they have been more worried about where is all this? Co- there were fucking keys and keys and keys of co- oh like $200,000 worth of cocaine in yeah. a plastic bag. He shows up in a with a plastic bag full of $200,000 worth of cocaine. It was a paper cocaine. bag. It's a, a fucking Whole bag. Foods bag. bag. He has this fucking Trader Joe's Whole Foods bag full of two quarter million quarter million dollars worth of cocaine. A Absolutely. quarter million dollars worth of cocaine. He could have been murdered in broad 
broad daylight. In broad daylight. In but maybe cold I mean, blood. but that's also kind of smart to just have it in a paper bag because people are gonna be like, oh, he probably just got some groceries or something. They're not gonna think there's a quarter million dollars. Because this nigga Ace carrying groceries too. Well, no, because see, maybe if it was Mitch or Rico, right, I would assume. Right, but Ace does kind of keep it more low key. He actually, yeah, you see yeah. him delivering groceries. Yeah. To people, people see them deliver like laundry and stuff like that. So they probably just didn't think twice. And even though the streets are talking, they're probably like, oh, he's too smart to have a quarter mil of coke of in that paper bag. He wasn't, but he wasn't. But, but I think that he, he used that to, to his advantage. He probably used that like naivety yeah. that people project onto him to his advantage. Absolutely. And that's a really great like persona to have developed. Yes. you know very early on is like i'm he's a very unassuming person even though he's literally the kingpin out here mm-hmm. on the streets which is crazy to me but what he does when he bags all the coke he bags all the th- stuff but he sees that he has like that lulu has these diamond literal fucking diamonds mm-hmm. in his fucking in his fucking like a little baggie and he has tons and tons and tons of diamonds and so he puts a few of them in his pocket and then he puts, he tucks the rest away for safekeeping for mm-hmm. later. And so he hands over to this kingpin who has a very, very antsy bodyguard. Like this bodyguard is ready to shoot this nigga right. in the restaurant. He was ready to shoot him right there. Right there. The he second he reached into him. his pocket. Right. The, the, he reached into his pocket. This nigga has the gun cocked and ready to murder him. But he's like, oh, I found these diamonds. But he only hands him like five fucking diamonds. But that's so enough for know. them to be like, oh, okay, there was some more that they probably yeah. didn't know mm-hmm. of. That They're like, he's yeah. probably legit, even though he has a whole bag like stashed somewhere else. That's yeah, why I think they yeah. didn't know about the diamonds. I think the diamonds is what really put them over the edge of like, oh, no, we can trust him. We can trust him. Yeah, that makes sense. So... Basically, he cuts out the middleman. Now he's selling directly with the kingpins, who are probably directly getting this shit from the boat, who mm-hmm. are getting it directly from fucking, I don't know, Cuba or 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 Mexico or somewhere. But he's like, literally now there's no middleman. And yeah. so he's like, he's he really amps this shit up. So Mitch gets out of jail and is flashy as fuck like he comes out with his like bike and rico his little soldier on beside of him oh and what God. does he get his first day out of prison what does he get his first day out of prison ace pulls up in a fucking with a fucking red convertible yeah. w for him <laughs> my friends ain't give me shit what the fuck did what the fuck did you get me when i graduated college <laughs> nothing a hug maybe Yo, i get well soon college. Gets out of jail. maybe you should well go to soon. prison and we'll... Maybe I should go to prison <laughs> and y'all niggas will have a beamer for me when I get out. The a little red one. I uh, everything. So he basically, I think, I'm gonna say that maybe Ace is either in love with Mitch. Uh, or, <laughs> I, mean, I like, think it's I just get, genuine friendship. I get, okay, that's fair. Because, because I, th- I, I know it's he's... a common theme, at least within the black community, that like when um, two male people are genuinely friends with each other, it's like they're on some sus shit. But like, at least now, I've seen a lot more people actually have genuine friendships with other males and seen that. And I'm like, no, I think they were just really good friends. Or maybe he's just a little bit obsessed with Mitch because with that smile, who wouldn't be? Well, okay, so now you're projecting. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just... I, I no, well, that's also his girlfriend's, he... that's his girlfriend's brother. Yeah, you know, brother, that's family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's family. And his girlfriend's pregnant now. Yeah. So Keisha's like about to have a baby. And so then they keep calling Cameron this Panamanian Puerto Rican cat. <laughs> the Panamanian. Like, he, <laughs> He's black. He's black. He's black. He's a black man. Yes. He's a black man. Um. So 
they and so they basically they're all now like they're a trio Mm -hmm. and they're like they're hanging out at the spot where it's like the spot to hang out and they're in front of the burger joint i mean they're wearing fur coats and like puffer burger king parking lot dapper dan originals like it's not a burger king parking lot it's clear that this is like the hangout spot in (laughs) harlem look they got they got benzes and beamers in front like these niggas are like i mean truly now that you say this is a fashion film i kind of am inclined to agree yeah because when i tell you these niggas are dressing and who rolls the fuck up who rolls the fuck up but Calvin? But Calvin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Calvin out of, jail. out of jail. Down terrible. Ain't had a haircut in years. This nigga is mm-hmm. like, please, please do me a favor. Like, can I can I have a corner? Can I have a something? Like he's he's asking, like, can I make some money with you? Can I make some money for you? And so it's a, so funny how the tables have turned. Like that now it's Calvin who's begging Ace for something. Right. And Ace says, you know what? I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to set you up with somebody to sell drugs for you and make you money because you need to lay low because you hot. You just got out of prison. Right. What kind of person does a favor for someone like that? Well, see. A genuinely kind person. I really think Ace just has a lot of love in his heart. See, uh, just, I think like, he Calvin's does so too. Unappreciative. I think he does too. But to me, this felt like the one moment like where ace was not immune to the like the drug of the flex i think he saw calvin who used to be in his house flexing on him throwing money around his house where he's the man of this house and now he's looking him asking for help i feel like i just felt like it was a really out of character moment for ace to kind of do business Mm. right then and there and i think he just could not resist the chance to kind of you know show off a little bit show off any like definitely trying to help him out but still Look at the empire that he's built. Right. And it's so, it's so crazy. But they like, so Calvin basically is asking for a handout. Meanwhile, Rico is giving me such Instagram influencer. He's outside the club with two, with two Glocks in his hand. Just taking pictures. (laughs) Taking pictures with niggas outside the club. He has like a a bottle of like Dom Perignon or some very expensive (laughs) champagne. And he's inside the club showing a sex tape on the screen. I didn't understand the purpose of the scene. I truly was watching it and I skipped over it because I was like, this is not, I can tell right now that this is not really helping the plot in any way shape or form what the fuck is he well it's just showing you that he's it's just showing you the type of nigga that rico is like he likes attention we already knew that though like we already knew that like i understand it was a bit more exposition but it comes it comes into play at the end where where he thinks when he's like questioning him and he even asked he said because he lies and says that he was sleeping with a girl and he goes oh you film that shit because that's what he does he's like and and he's like "Mm -hmm." oh i ain't do that this time so it's like uh, now i got your card nigga right (laughs) now i got you now i got you so basically ace is like to rico like you need to chill the fuck out like you're drawing too much attention and he's right because then what happens is the feds roll up on him the next day on Ace, like, pretending, and they're undercover, and they're like, hey, like, what's up? Can we do this with you? And Ace, like, Ace pretty much, like, pegs them immediately to either be, like, some lame-ass niggas or mm-hmm. they're cops because they're so suspicious, and they're just doing things in such a suspicious way. And it's so crazy. You want to know, this, like, actually goes back to the documentary series that I was telling you Ooh. about at the beginning um, because the killer, once they had figured him out, they figure out who he was because they pretty much were having a manhunt 
for him for like half a year. Once they figure him out, they track him down to a Greyhound bus station. So mm-hmm. he shows up he shows up to the Greyhound bus station and he doesn't know that he's been identified that his face is on the cover of every newspaper. But he sees these undercover cops pretending to be homeless people. The mm. only thing that he can tell that they're undercover cops is because their hair is clean, they have all their teeth, and they don't smell like piss. And I'm like, <laughs> this is exactly this is exactly the vibe that these undercover feds are giving me in this movie. Yeah. Nope. Like you think you're doing a good job of blending in this community, but you look weird as fuck. Also yeah. in New York, where New York has such a bad homelessness population issue. Like, yeah, it, like as if it's not going to be obvious. It's so obvious. You have all your teeth, nigga. You you not really out here. You not. You not. So, yeah. So Calvin basically approaches Ace and is like, I can't work with this nigga. He's not making enough money for me. It's not it's not working out. That's right. Where is the money? When I heard that the money wasn't coming in on time, I said Rico needs to be let go because <laughs> yeah. he's not even yeah. performing well. He's so you're acting an ass and you're fucking with my money. I would have, I would have let that nigga go then and there. Yeah, absolutely. And but somehow Rico redeems himself and he pretty much Calvin is like, so then Calvin is like, well, I can't do this. Ace. So Ace is like, it's my way or the highway. And so Calvin says, okay, well, I'm gonna take the highway, nigga. But it's <laughs> very, but it's very clear. Like, he's going to get revenge on this nigga somehow, mm-hmm. some way, some way. Yeah. And then there's, like, this scene at, at like, the, the nightclub, and it's weird. Dougie Fresh is performing. It looks like a high school auditorium. Dougie like, Fresh sure was there. Me- <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is Dougie Fresh performing at the club for? But I guess it was the 80s. But um, why not but make it look is- like 80s Dougie Fresh, right? Yeah. Was that not I weird to y'all? I was just like, that's it just- was weird. Current day. (laughs) It was weird. It was weird. But pretty much the vibe at the club is weird. And Ace sees it. And he feels it. Everything feels off. So then we flash back. And now Ace is, like, recovered. And he hasn't died. And this is when we get into Act 3. Okay. Okay. So, (laughs) Act 3. Calvin, being the ancient dude that he is, decides to essentially retaliate yeah and holds okay so it says holds june and dora hostage who is june and dora so the women whose house that he's like bagging the coke yeah it's like a lee sneal and like somebody else (laughs) yeah okay so he's using their house to like prepare the cocaine for selling okay so he goes to the house finds out that they are literally being held hostage he's literally being held at gunpoint they're yeah. t- trying to tell him to open the safe, open the safe. He's unable to open the safe, and they because kill. They, they beat the shit out of him. Exactly. They beat the shit out of him. He can't fucking see out of his eye. There's blood. In, there's blood in his eyes. It doesn't make you any sense. You beat the shit out of him, and then you're like, oh, you can't see enough. And the, I think here's where Ace fucked up mm-hmm. because he's like, Calvin, why are you doing this, man? Like, in in but but at the beginning of the jacking, they're all wearing like ski masks or like mm-hmm. stockings over their head, and but he knows it's Calvin. He, he knows. knows. He could probably hear through the Calvin. voice. Yeah. Yeah, he knows it's Calvin. Exactly. So he's unable unable to open the safe. So they kill Jude and Dora, and they shoot him in the face. The thing is, it's like the first time he gets shot in the face, 
he tried to take the gun. And I'm like, why aren't yeah. you better at this? <laughs> You're a drug dealer. Why aren't you better at this? Because he's and not he a drug dealer. The- because he works at the dry cleaners and he fell into this dealer. job. Yeah. You're right. You're I think he's right. just he's a guy. He's not about this life. Yeah. I don't think yeah. violence is really like in his spirit. I'm now yeah. realizing that I'm actually very attracted to Ace. Anyways. So- <laughs> <laughs> he's a Who wouldn't be attracted to Wood Harris? I really am. Okay. Yeah. So then he goes to the hospital. You zaddy. <laughs> I'm never stitching you zaddy. Maybe not at this rate because this is a little loud. I don't know how Regina Hall handled all that. Anyways, she's pregnant the whole time. The pretty whole much. Time. I mean, but she's also not really involved in all the operations and stuff. Yeah, so she's probably like not really knowing everything life. that's actually going down. <laughs> Yeah, she and she's like pregnant, and her brother and her man are basically like out there big time drug dealing. And he yeah. also missed he missed the birth of his daughter because of all of this shit. Literally, right? he was going to wasn't he going to like get her or something like that? I think he was going to like I don't know why he why did he go back to that house? Right. Yeah, my because it's confusing his, to me because that's not his house. That's just his like spot. Yeah, or maybe what she was, was there, or somebody there? said, "Yo, like come over and like pick her up or something," even though she was already in that, like even, the even ambulance. That doesn't make still, sense to me. Like I, I, wonder, don't I, I wish they would have showed a scene of maybe her like hanging out with those women or something. So maybe we could right, think they'd be together. Or, or, they yeah, know each other. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So it doesn't are, make sense that he would go to that house, right. is the point. No. So the women are dead. He goes to the hospital and it somehow is able to survive literally being shot in the forehead. I, to this day, and do not neck. understand how he's able to survive. And, like, still keep his mobility in all of his... Literally. literally his speech, I, everything. It doesn't yeah, make sense And he shouldn't me. have it. He shouldn't have it. No. So the baby is born that same night that he's literally fighting for his life in the hospital. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, you know what? This is enough. I'm done. Nobody has that idea. Nobody has any idea that he's like literally basically dead. But that's another thing. How did he get to the hospital in time to live? That's what's confusing to me. But the thing is, is that he did. When he got shot, he went back into that bedroom and saw that they had been shot in the head. And he must have done something before he passed out on the bed, probably from blood loss. He must I mean, have called the cops. But it's also New York. So, like, the walls are thin. People probably heard probably the gunshots. Heard the and gun they shot. probably yeah. knew yeah. that that was the apartment. And, like yeah. I said, Ace has a lot of love. So, I wouldn't be surprised if the neighbors were like, something's wrong and, like, called the cops. Called the cops. Right. Yeah, that could have been it. I feel that like they were probably it. very nice to their neighbors. You know, obviously didn't want no smoke. They were, you know, distributing the wealth of the community. So, I wouldn't be right. surprised if that's a possibility of how right. he was able to, you know get the medical help that he needed and survive. Yeah. So he's out the hospital. He's literally in a wheelchair, can barely breathe, can barely talk. And can't even breathe on his own. Literally. And then this international homeboy Rico is like fucking you going back in, right? He said, hey, niggas, he said, Ace, we out here bad. We down to our last keys. Can you and it's like, nigga, I literally cannot walk. Exactly. He's in a wheelchair. I cannot walk. You see the bullet holes literally bleeding out through the bandages. What do you mean? You, t- you talking about can we get back in the game? Nigga, I'm done. He said everybody gets shot. Drink some soup. Hey. Rest up. He said, he said, hey, yo, hey, niggas get shot every day, B. You'll be all right, nigga. Exactly. And then he's like, I got shot in my face twice. Twice. And then he's like, I can kill Kevin and his goons for you. And Ace is like, I don't know. I'm done. He's like, stop that. Please stop yeah. doing stop. that. Stop. Stop. So he's clearly upset about this. However, Mitch, who's also there, is like, no, I get it. I completely yeah. understand why you want to be out. But Especially this because, is like, like one this of is the, the father one of, my of his favorite sister's scenes. newborn yeah. babies. 
They've been friends for many years. Mitch probably knows Ace's character a lot more than Rico will ever even comprehend. So I really like that conversation that they had where Mitch was like... It was such a beautiful conversation. He's like, he's like, this is the part where he, this is the one of the most famous lines in the movie. He was like, Mm -hmm. all this shit is fake, man. He said, this life, this game, there ain't no love in it. It Mm -hmm. don't love you back. And then, and then Mitch responds. He said, but see, man, a nigga like me, I love the hustle. (laughs) That's that TikTok. He said, I love the game. I love the hustle. That's such a sweet, I think that's a sweet, as two Harlem niggas can get with one another. Yeah. The right. way they talked about, because Mitch is being so vulnerable in this he moment. Is. He's like, he's like, if I'm not this person, he said, I will sell whatever the streets is buying mm-hmm. and the streets will love me. But mm-hmm. if I ain't got nothing to sell, How who am people, I? Exactly. How will people love me? And I'm like, that is and very I will. I completely yeah. agree with you of like how vulnerable they both are with each other in this moment. Because like so Mitch is just being completely honest with yeah, who he about- is. And like what he's about, and you know, Ace is also being completely honest because he's sitting there in a wheelchair. And he's like, "I'm done." Because <laughs> like, yeah. it's like at this point, I, I like I, I'm I pretty much am here ass naked. Like I can't get much more raw. I can't even. Yeah. I I'm pretty sure Ace too. Himself. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure like he needs help to do anything. Every, and I wouldn't right? be surprised anything. if like Mitch is one of those people that like at least helps him out in some ways. You know what I mean? For sure. And it's so it's but it's so sweet that they like get to be this vulnerable with each other because Mitch even says he's like, I could get a house, I could move away, yeah, Mm -hmm. I could have it, I could have a different life, I could be set. But he's like, I love this, I love the culture of drug dealing, I love the acclaim that it brings me. And he probably also loves how connected it makes him with the community. I think it's less about like the culture of drugs and drug dealing and more, yeah, I think it's more so just the culture of like being a prominent part of his community where he's able, I mean, giving back, like he's selling drugs, but at right. least like, you know, help right. others, you know, make money, especially in a time of like extreme poverty and like, you know, Harlem in the eighties. Like that's a it's yeah. fucking baby. It's bad. It's bad. There. So like, I'm, yeah. I think that I completely understand where Mitch is coming from in that regard of like, I want to be somebody in this community that people can at least like look up to and trust. And it's love. I mean, like you said, there's no love in this game, but there is love out in these streets. People act here acting like they love me and maybe they love me because I have what they want, but they're acting like they love me and we're in the eighties and there really is no love out here. Like people are dying all around us and it's just a way to feel like I said, like that's their drug. He's selling a different yeah, drug really than the is. one that he is addicted to. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess because of this conversation, Ace essentially is like, you know what, Mitch and Rico, you can take over from here. Mm-hmm. So then kind of fast track. Let me know if I'm skipping over any scenes. Because this is when I started skipping because, you know, like I said, lots of drug, <laughs> gun violence. And I'm like, Rico's yeah. still out here. I know there's a couple minutes left in this movie. So like, I know something's going to hit the fan soon. So... Yeah. Ace is, you know, chilling, minding his business, and Mitch's kid brother, Sonny, the baby that yeah. we were talking about earlier, baby Sonny, is kidnapped, yes. literally for ransom. This kid is completely With twenty innocent. minutes left in the fucking movie. They kidnap right. minutes, kidnap a child. Like what the fuck? What, then, a, what a haymaker! So in order to try and pay for the ransom, Mitch is like Ace. Like I need something to sell. Like I need to make money quick. This is you know because they're asking younger for brother. a half a million dollars, right. and so he says money. he says Sonny is like his whole life. He's exactly. like I feel like I'm dead out in these streets. Like he said I'm gonna be on some real murder shit. Yeah, he said I feel That's- naked. <laughs> 
exactly. said, said if a nigga ever looked at me wrong, it's it's done. But he's crying. He's like, I need my little man back, you know? And and so he's like, okay, I have some keys of Coke for you mm-hmm. um, so for him to him- sell. Yes, so he gives him the keys of coke, and then... Gives him 14! 14! 14 keys of cocaine! Means. I do not understand drugs, nor do I wish to. I just know that's a lot. <laughs> For $500,000, yeah. I know that's but a lot. It, but isn't it crazy how kids get caught up in this shit, though? It's ridiculous. Like, right. Kids are literally have, collateral damage. Leave the babies yeah. out of this. It's a common right. occurrence, especially on love and hip-hop, when people are just at least verbally fighting. Leave right. babies, like, kids, we don't talk family about out of that. No, and then it's also just like... You're torturing a kid in a room somewhere. And while none of that is ever justified, I could see maybe getting something out of doing that, like, in front of mm-hmm. Mitch. But, but what like, is, what, are, what are you getting? Just you and this kid in this room? Like, I'm just like, what? Is that really making, like, is that really worth that's it? As, yeah. That's evil as fuck. I, I, in my head, I believe that, like, they're doing drugs with it. You know what I mean? Like, I want to believe that Have ICE is, be. like, strung out on heroin, like, doing this dumb yeah. shit. Because that's the type Have of, that's the type of crazy shit that happens when you're like you know heroin. doing heroin all day or like meth yeah. or something like that it's very easy yeah. to get the kids involved and for it to get real real stupid real fast yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's ridiculous. so mitch asks rico to help and rico says sure and then just kills him and takes the cocaine well, here's the thing the crazy part about that is mitch he's like meeting up with rico and he tells ace the last thing he says to ace is like oh i'm going to go meet rico later yep. so he shows up to meet rico and he's like bro i need you to help me move this coke and rico's like wait you have coke on you right now and just Ugh. take out a gun and fucking shoot him and Ken and I and I pegged that from the beginning that yeah. he was that kind of person that oh, would do absolutely, that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That he the, was that kind of person that would do that. The only reason why Rico came to his rescue in jail, they have no f- prior friendship or know each other at all, because as he knew that this nigga had the money in the coat. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So he just shoots him like dead in the back, right? De- in the stomach. Oh yeah, and there was he a lot of gunshots that I had first. to see. I'm mixing them yeah. up. Yeah, so he shoots him in the stomach, essentially kills him, takes the money for himself. So Ace, you know, takes, in the phone conversation, takes the coke. It's not money yet. He takes all the cocaine. He takes all the cocaine. So Ace yeah. knows that Mitch was on his way to see Rico. So he kind of questions yeah. him and is like, "Yo, mm-hmm. like, do you know where you like what was going on that day?" And Rico lies to his face because Rico doesn't but know that. But he's not Ace even knows. lying. Well, he's not even he's lying. Not. Well. And he's like. You can tell when somebody's lying, especially if they're as eccentric and, you know, excited as Rico, as Rico yeah. tends to be in conversation. He's too laid back, a little too quiet, Way giving too very short answers, which already, even if Ace didn't know that Mitch was going to meet up with him, like, it was very obvious that he was lying about that. So yeah. then Ace is like, you know, we can just nip this in the bud and essentially gets the two undercover cops involved again. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they arrest Rico. Yeah. And... So this is, I was kind of skipping around over here because I was afraid of more gunshots. So this is like, <laughs> there are no more gunshots. But yeah. the thing is, is they do catch Rico. They yes. catch him because Ace set him up because he's working with those feds who he knew were feds mm-hmm. from the beginning. From the beginning. But he's like, he pretty much made a deal with them. He's like, I'm out the game after this. Like, so he sets up and makes a new life. Mm-hmm. And with those diamonds, he uh, put a down payment on a new house. They mm-hmm. moved out of Harlem. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and Rico goes to prison and he gives up everybody. He gives up everybody from out of town because no, he's he... like, I'm not giving up. No, no Harlem. No, Harlem is okay, yeah. 
He said, he said, and I'm like, not giving him no Harlem niggas. Like that, yeah. He's like, I'll give up DC niggas because when he gets out of jail. He's not going to DC. <laughs> he says, he says, I want to go back and be the king of Harlem. It was always about yeah. that for him. Yeah, absolutely. And then Ace, Ace in the end is like, he ended up selling his story to make this movie right. like and then he sees how it translates they're at the same he sees this he's like it's a new set of like people it's a new set of gangsters wait before we even get to that can we talk about how we're just supposed to assume that mitch's younger brother was killed yeah we don't assume we, they, like, they, they, they like brush over they that so no they oh, tell you true. they show you i think you may skip over funeral. it they have they show the funeral mm. and then they also show the newspaper show... headline and then yeah. we also find out that the person that orchestrated the kidnapping was... Was his uncle. The uncle that Mitch kicked out earlier that he resented Sonny just because he was a child that was, you know, being cared for like most children should be. And he's a grown adult and no Shocker. one was caring for him. What a Which shock, is insane right? that the uncle would kidnap his own nephew. Yeah. For ransom. That's insane. For ransom. For ransom. It sucks. <sighs> but so, yeah, yeah so that's... But the thing is, I think what's interesting about the ending is like, again, they're outside the same burger joint where the real drug dealers used to kick mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And now it's where they're shooting a hip hop like music, music video. video. Right. And it's so crazy about how like hip hop culture really emulates drug culture. And then it even goes back to who's producing this film. Right. It's but not Jay-Z. even emulating it. It's drug. Po- a lot it's, of it's oh, tied wait, Jay-Z? into it. Jay-Z is drug culture, <laughs> but also yeah, very Jay-Z, much hip hop culture. Jay Z is producing this film. Rockefeller Yeah, she's producing. It's a Rockefeller Productions film, and you know this is very much like the life he used to live. And it's so crazy how how cyclical all of the violence is in these communities, mm-hmm. but then how it's emulated on like television and in music videos mm-hmm. and in hip hop culture right. and glorified. becomes so inter and 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 not even just like glorified, mm-hmm. but it. I think it gets a lot of it gets washed over and painted over because they don't show the ugly parts of like your friends mm-hmm. getting murdered and children getting held for ransom and yeah. shit like that. But this, but this film does. Yeah. What I, I will say what I, what I ended up, cause it seemed like that final monologue, what they were getting at was like, what I was getting from it was like, you know, there are people out here rapping about stuff they didn't really do. Like, it seems to like, mm-hmm. I feel like that was also a part of the message of yeah. like, yeah, maybe you guys need to be, not even be careful, but it's like a lot of y'all are kind of posing out here and we really have been through right. this, like all of it, like Live the whole, life. and it's been fucked up and it's a, da, da, da. so maybe, you know, yeah. don't touch it unless you know about it. I kind and of I got that from there as well. And I think that's an important narrative too, to be like, listen, if you didn't live it, like don't glorify this, don't dream about right. this. Cause I know I'm very involved in the fan fiction community. And unfortunately <laughs> on one particular platform <laughs> that I will not uh, talk about because this platform is it's, it's so it's gone straight to hell at this point. Um, it already has been straight to hell, but there's a very common trope amongst a lot of fan fictions of like, you fall in love with like a mob boss, like all this stuff. And right. I'm like, why are we glorifying right. this? Why is that something that you want to happen? Like, you don't know anything about that kind of stuff. No, you don't know. Like, right. most of you just sit in the house. You would have such terrible anxiety if you either had, like, even had a foot in the door or anything like yeah. that. Right. So it's like, I, I think that was a very, I like the way it ended with the, like, listen, if you didn't live it, like, this is, I, don't don't be don't just don't <laughs> yeah don't try and associate yourself with it don't try to align yourself with it especially if you don't have to or don't feel the need to because it's just cycles of violence so often yeah, unfortunately really i'm really curious about like um 
I guess like public, not even reception or whatever, but like we, I feel like the three of us watching this, we all are enjoy like can get behind Ace. We like seeing him win, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I also like Mitch. I, I also like Mitch. I can't. <laughs> We've got some Mitch fans here, so. <laughs> but was like niggas who live this life and stuff. Like, did they was yeah. Ace a character that they sympathize with? Or I wonder. because he snitched and that's just such a thing that you are not supposed to not do. Supposed do. do. And so, cause I just knew when I had, was just looking up, like just typing in like paid in full. One of the first things on Google is like, who snitched and paid in full or like a bunch <laughs> of things about like the questions about snitching. So I'm, I'm like, right. I know how I feel after watching this, but because of like hood politics and rules and stuff like that, right. yeah. was this a movie but where they like Cameron's where Rico it? was the character? Right. Yeah. What kind of politics is it where you where snitching is bad, but killing children isn't exactly right. Right, right, right. That doesn't make sense to me, but it's also true. Like, yes, a snitch, but like it's Rico, you know, like if it's it was all, exactly, if he's like snitched all on like people, Mitch is, or even yeah. other people that we really which didn't he never would have done, which he right. never would have done, done. I would have been like, okay, yeah, he's a snitch, like that makes sense. But this is Rico who clearly was just in it for himself and time and time again. And that's, exactly. See, that's the thing though. Like, I wonder how many people watch this movie and genuinely are like on the side of Rico because mm. Rico, yes, he's being self-serving, but you know, Jay-Z got a to be Jay-Z and are. his friend went to jail for him. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Yeah, there are people who would argue like there are really no like rules, rules to this game. You kind of got to fend for yourself, do what you need to do. And but making him, people. and by making that character Cameron, someone who is beloved in these circles. Yeah. You know, I just really want, that's all I'm wondering right. about. Like whenever we watch these movies, I'm like, I really wonder how people were feeling at the time that they watched yeah, it right. when it came out. Right. And in my head, I just feel like I know a lot of, you know, I got a lot of cousins out here. In these who Philly streets, who I, oh my god, who just are Rico? You know what I mean? Who would have seen okay. that and been like, oh yeah? And he's not snitching. He's gonna come back with the king of heart. Like I could totally yeah. see the type of people who would really gravitate more toward that Rico character than mm, like Ace or Mitch. I never even thought about that's that. Actually, yeah, that's a really good point. On all honesty, Ugh, I kind of now I'm curious. Point. He really is. That's, like we have we have Cameron to thank for Supreme uh, being such see, a big deal. Like, like the way they said. It's such a fashion movie. Yeah. Like, I don't think people understand that like, Cameron being in this movie is similar to if, like, ASAP Rocky or someone was in a movie. Right. Exactly. Mm. Right. Exactly. Like, no, fashion, man. And they're both from Harlem, too. Yeah. And it's like. Oh, yeah. Named after Rockin. Yeah. ASAP Rocky. Literally. Yeah. So, you. But. So, now we ask, guys. Yeah, yeah. Does it hold up? I'm just going to start okay. in saying I did have, like, qualms with this film. Obviously. Um, I, d- I don't like how they introduce, like, a child being murdered 20 minutes right. toward the end of the film. Absolutely. I do. I, I, I don't think I didn't think the addition of, like, the voiceover was necessary um, because it comes in way too late into the film. And then it's not even like a really big through line for the film. But ultimately, I do think it holds up. I think it's a really great example of like a black gangster movie. Like this is like 
our Goodfellas. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like mm-hmm. our Scarface, our like, and I think our communities do need these kinds of things because it's like, I think it's very much showing what's going on in these communities mm-hmm. and the way, the things that like, when you see documentaries and docuseries about the crack epidemic, you're not seeing this part of it. Yeah, exactly. You're not seeing the part of it of like, these are people who give back to their communities. These are people mm-hmm. who put on for their niggas. These are people who've never had anything, who've made a life for themselves. Yeah. And so I think they do a really great job of showing the other side to it. I wish there had been, you know, more clarity on the era yes. that we were in. Yes. That, that was my from the beginning. From the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I will say it does hold up, but for these specific reasons, I thought even though there's a lot of gun violence, you know, plot <laughs> a plot was decent. Acting was actually really good. I really didn't it have was. any qualms with so any surprised. of the acting at all, which, you know, the last, with this Christmas, Chris Brown, I was like, I don't know about this one, but <laughs> for this one, the acting was really good. I like the way that it built suspense and how it used, how do I say, like different scenarios as just position, like the scene where they're in the movie theater watching Goodfellas or whatever that movie was. Scarface. Scar- yeah. They're watching Scarface as an actual shootout was happening, like literally across town that's yeah. still connected to them. I thought the way that that editing happened was really, really good. Yeah. And I could tell the movie was sought out. I, again, I didn't like how they, you know, introduced a child being kidnapped and murdered at the end. I feel like there was a couple things that could have been cut out in all honesty. However, I really did like how they set up the characters towards the beginning and the way that you meet certain characters and how it all circles back to events that happen throughout the film. I thought that that was actually pretty good. Yeah. I think they did a really great job of that. Yeah. Yeah. Camille. Yeah. I will agree with you guys. I think it really does hold up. Um, I think it's the boys in the hood effect of having, you know, (laughs) written people who have lived these experiences actually being the ones to write these stories and make them. There's so many, You know, there's so much information out there about the crack epidemic and like da 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 da. But I think this is really the most kind of extensive and like insightful way I've seen that kind of play out on screen. Just like Lyndon was saying, just showing. I love that the like the first forty minutes of the movie is just showing us the pervasiveness of yeah. you know drug dealing and what it's like and how you can just keep saying no, no, no over and over again until one day you just say yes because it's everywhere around you and you need money and you need shit. So I love that they show that. I love that they show the, they make these characters complex. It's not just like some mean, nasty, ruthless drug dealer for no reason. Mm -hmm. People don't just start selling drugs for no reason. Um, So I love that. I hate that Brett Ratner is the director of this movie. Yep. I would love. No, is he? He's not. He's just a producer. No, it's uh, the director is Charles Stone the third. Oh, good. Okay. Also did Leela and Eve and Stepsisters. Oh, okay. Netflix film that came out. Yeah, I would love to just say anything with him just doesn't hold up, but unfortunately, (laughs) hip hop loved Brett Ratner and we let him do. They really did a lot of stuff, and he's just a really bad man. But um, Brett Ratner aside, I do think it's a great movie. The acting is great, but I'm not surprised. All these are really strong actors who I've seen before. Exactly. I fucking love Cameron. I can't stress enough. Yeah. <laughs> I just love he played so Rico really well. He's adorable. He played Rico he's, really well. He's so charming. No one yeah, else could have done Rico, I think, and no. had a still equally as charmed no. as annoyed. Not at all. He's just no, that guy. Um, no, so yeah, really I just applaud them for the casting. I applaud them. Like, mm-hmm. They really 
stay true to they it clearly is. did a lot wonder, of pre-production work on this film which i really well, like also just their lives like i wonder did yeah. did jay-z and damon dash watch this movie and be like oh we're ace and rico <laughs> because had that's exactly be. what be. it is had to be had to that's be exactly what it is. um yeah. yeah i will say this film holds up i've really really enjoyed myself way more than i thought i was gonna well, I'm so glad yeah. that you guys finally got yeah. to watch Payton. Yeah, Bush. I definitely saw. I definitely saw this film way too young. In my life. <laughs> Absolutely, I feel like I saw but... it way too young, and I'm 22. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's a through line in my childhood. I saw a lot of films that I shouldn't have. Yep. Um, but that's why we're here now, yeah. telling on this podcast. <laughs> um, so we'll see you guys next week as we tackle set it off. I'm so excited. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Does It Hold Up, brought to you by Textured Air, a brand dedicated to celebrating Black girl culture, past, present, and future. If you like what you heard, please be sure to leave us a five-star review. It really does help. You can find us on social media at Textured Air. That's T-E-X-T-U-R-E-D. H-E-I-R on all platforms. And make sure you check out our other podcast, Where My Girl's At and The Blacklist and all of the other content we offer on our website, texturedair.com. Until next time.